Welcome to the Erie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We're kicking off our first new series of 2022. And for the next four weeks, we're going to discuss communicating to God through prayer. Pastor Nicole is going to help us understand that having an effective prayer life isn't meant to be hard, complicated, or laborious, but it's also not meant to be a shallow chit-chat with a casual friend. Prayer is sincere, genuine, personal communication between you and the God that made you. This is a great series to kick off our new year. So let's get started today and let's discover prayer that works. things with earth will fade away, but prayer grasps eternity. But I'm convinced of this, God does not hear prayer. He hears desperate prayer. Prayer is not a position whether you need. Prayer is not a position, it's a disposition. You get to the place where you'd rather sweat, you'd rather weep in his presence than laugh in anybody else's presence. Rather God whisper a speaking into your heart that breaks you. Somebody give you the prizes that all the world covets. Prayer is almost the greatest human privilege that we have. Well, good morning. Are you glad you came to church today? Very good. I have a fighting a little frog in my throat today, but when I'm weak, he's strong, okay? So God's got a good word for you today. I'm going to bring it, and I want you to just ignore the crackle. Sound okay to you? So one of my pastor friends um, told me a story this week. In fact, my crackly voice uh, might be a good illustration for this, that pastors are humans, and so we uh, have things happen to us. We make mistakes. We get crackly voices, you know, those kind of things. But um, he had a revival service at his church. And um, the evangelist said, uh, if you need prayer, come on down and, and uh, you know, get in line. And my pastor friend was praying for people in his line. And about midway through the line, uh, a man who was, stood pretty big and tall, uh, pretty intimidating looking, he, maybe he had life beat him up a little bit, uh, came to his line. And my pastor friend said, what's your prayer request? And this uh, burly guy said, pastor, I need you to pray for my hearing. And so my friend quickly placed his hands over the man's ears and prayed fervently for restored hearing. He prayed every scripture he could remember um, in deep and confident faith and with confidence. And when he finished praying, um, he looked the man square in the eyes and he shouted above the music, how's your hearing now? Fully expecting, fully believing for a miracle. And the man shouted over top the music, Pastor, I don't know yet. My hearing is Wednesday at the courthouse. <laughs> it was half groan, half laugh, but I'll take it. Prayer. We're starting this series about prayer. Prayer that works. For the rest of the month, we're going to be talking about um, communicating with God through prayer. We're going to talk about how to pray effectively. We're going to discuss several different ways and forms of prayer. And this month, we are also going to fast and pray together as a church. That's coming up January 24th through the 29th. You'll hear more about that, but I want you to mark your calendar. You put all kinds of other stuff in your calendar. Put that in your calendar. Let's do that together. Um, and for this series, we've provided for you a tool 
that I want you to utilize. If you got it on the way in, grab it here for a minute. It's called a prayer journal. If you didn't get one, there's more um, on your way out today. Um, but bring this journal every week of this series. Okay, I want you to put your name in it somewhere. This prayer journal uh, is, is something I want to encourage you to use this month. Maybe you say, I have another prayer journal. Just for this month, we put that prayer journal aside. Use this one uh, or use both for this month so we can all do this together. And here's a couple things I want you to do in your prayer journal um, first, take notes on the prayer sermons. <clears throat> so over the next few weeks, we know as we're listening, um, if we write things down, our mind connects, we learn it better. Uh, but as you do that, what you can do is in six months or eight months when you say, you know, my prayer life needs another boost, you know exactly where to find the notes on the, prayer, on the sermons that we're looking at today. You can look back and say, oh, okay, these are some things we talked about. And so if you take notes in your prayer journal, you can look back and see the important things about prayer and pray effectively. Second, um, create a prayer list. How many of you are list people? You go to the grocery store with a list, or you buy every cereal in the aisle, right? You, you, know, you have to make a list of what to do. I make a list almost every day of things I need to do. Any of you make a list just to cross it off your list, like shower? Yep, just took a shower. So let's put that on the list to put it off the list. Just me? All right. So create a prayer list. Write down some needs that you are praying for. Add some needs that others may have. Don't forget to include your family, your church, your pastors, your country, global issues, concerns. You know, when you start making a prayer list, people will start telling you what they need prayer for. You watch. If you actually make a list and say, God, will you help me fill this up? You will find all around you people that need prayer and different things that are needed. All right, another thing, create a thankful list. This is what I do. Uh, I just number, maybe number 75 lines, blank numbers. And every day say to yourself, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to add one or I'm going to add two. Or when I go to bed at night, and thank God for those things and for the blessings that he pours out on us. Challenge yourself to add to this list every day. And then lastly, write out some prayers throughout the week. And for some of you, maybe this is something you like to do. You're, you're a letter writing person or you like to write. Others of you are like, eh, you know, I'm kind of an <clears throat> audible person. But here's what I want you to do. Just try it. Just write a letter as if we were going to mail these journals to heaven at the end of the time, okay? Just exactly what you would want God to know. What, what are you, questions you're asking him, things that you're feeling, things that you're thinking. Just write it out as if God was going to read this, uh, just, just him and you. And now you might say to me this morning, you know, I've done these things in the past. Maybe a few of these tactics are new to you, or maybe you've done all this before, but I think a lot of times what happens is we know things, but the gap between knowing them and doing them sometimes gets really, really wide. So you might say, I used to journal all the time, or I used to make thankful lists. So this is the time we're going to do it. All right, we're going to do it together. And here's my excitement. Here's my vision is that either way, corporately together as a church family, let's fill hundreds of journals with prayers in the first month of 2022. All right? Are you up for it? Look at the person next to you and say, let's go. Let's do this. I want to hear that again. That was kind of weak. Look at the person next to you and say, let's go. Let's do this together. All right. I like it. Okay, so <clears throat> when we talk about prayer, we really face two kind of dangers in the extremes. Uh, on one hand, sometimes we can make prayer seem so difficult that only like super Christians can pray effectively while the rest of us sort of muddle along. Sometimes when you hear stories about saints who spend hours on their knees crying out to God, that's like beautiful and valiant, but then you just think to yourself, that's so far from the reality of me that it's like discouraging, 
you know? And we complicate it so much because we're busy and we're tired and the kids are wearing us out and our job is a hassle and life feels hard. And all of a sudden prayer feels so intimidating that we could never arrive at the level required. So we might as well just not do anything at all. Um, I don't know if you guys do this, but so often I'll think of a task and I'll say, okay, I have 15 minutes. Well, that's not long enough to do X, Y, Z. And then I just do nothing for those 15 minutes. Instead of saying, you know what? I can pick up my prayer journal for these nine minutes till I have to race out of here to take the kids to school. That's nine more minutes of prayer that you would have done if you hadn't done it before. So a lot of times we kind of get intimidated by prayer, but then we go to the other extreme and we make prayer seem like it's this kind of nonchalant thing. Like I'm just texting a friend my drama. And that's error as well, because that is a lightweight view of prayer. Instead of coming into God's presence to talk to your heavenly father, the creator of the universe, the Lord of all time, the mighty God, you feel like you're just chatting with a friend who's checking Instagram while you're casually talking. So prayer is neither of those extremes. It's not meant to be hard or complicated or laborious, but it's also not meant to be shallow chit-chat. What prayer is, is sincere, genuine, personal communication between you and the God who made you. God wants to talk to us. He wants to hear us. Maybe one of the most revolutionary things I learned about prayer along the way was this. Prayer is just continuing a conversation that God started with you. God wants to talk to you. He wants to hear from you. And so praying is just going to God and responding to the prompting that he has already made with you. When it comes to prayer, let me just ask you an honest question. You don't have to answer this out loud. But have you ever thought, you know, I try to pray. I know praying is good. But it just doesn't always seem to work. Like, I pray, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Maybe God isn't even hearing me. Maybe I'm not saying in Jesus' name enough or or I'm not saying it long enough or passionate enough. I pray, but it just doesn't, I'm not seeing results. I think we can all relate on some level to those questions or feelings. And so what I want to do today to start us off is to look at a passage in James about prayer and specifically talks about what makes prayer effective. When do we see prayer working? And we want to do it that way, right? Because no one wants to pray and feel like you're just talking to the wall. And so how do we get prayer to be effective? So we're going to look at that today, all right? So James, the brother of Jesus, uh, is the one who wrote these words. He was known as a great man of prayer. He gave the church incredibly valuable insight into this subject. And he emphasizes, look, if you want effective prayer, this is important. This is what it accomplishes. In fact, James reminds us that the destiny of every believer is to release the power of God through our prayers. Like That's what God wants to do. He doesn't have to, but he uses us to release his power. And so this is what James talks about. All right, are you ready? Let's look at James 5, 15 through 17. It says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. All right, so let's just look at a couple things that we learned from these few short verses, all right? Number one, you might want to write this down. Effective prayer is wrapped in faith. I actually picture it as my prayer almost like wrapped in bubble wrap. Just like imagine taking the prayer that you're offering and physically actually wrapping it in something. I get this from verse 15 that says prayer offered in faith. Prayer offered in faith will produce a results. 
This relates to how the prayer is packaged. It's the tone, the motive of the prayer. When you ask God for something, do you question if he can even do it? Now, we don't ever usually say that out loud, but are we thinking in our heart, God, I'm gonna pray for this person, I'm gonna pray for the situation to be changed. I'm not so sure it's even possible, but I'm gonna pray for it. Or God, I don't know if you will do this for me, but I'm gonna come to you with it just in case you might, just in case you're in a good mood today. Do you question if he will do it? Do you question if he is good and kind and wants to give good gifts to his children? It's interesting, this particular passage um, talks about physical healing. And so what James is saying is, look, we can bring our prayers in confidence that Jesus has authority over sin, that Jesus has authority over sickness, that Jesus has authority over Satan, that he is the winner, that he will triumph. There is no problem too big. There is no situation out of his league. The reason why we're dancing up here like crazy people is that it's true. Anything is possible with God. Like all the authority goes with him. And so our faith is anchored in the knowledge of Jesus's authority over every power that exists. Matthew 28, 18 says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And so we can pray, we can wrap those prayers in faith that they will actually produce results. Not because you think they will, but because the scripture says they will. Do you see that? There's all authority under heaven. And so we can literally wrap our prayers in that. In fact, in your journal, sometimes I write my prayer request. And on each side of of the prayer request, I'll write, God, I believe you can do this. God, I believe you will do this. God, I believe you have the power and authority to do this, that all authority rests in you. And and you can literally wrap that prayer request in faith. In the Gospels, um, you know, you might have a misunderstanding. Every prayer that was prayed in the scripture was not answered. Okay, that is not, uh, there, there was times that are recorded that a prayer was not answered. In fact, in the Gospels, a man brought his epileptic son to Jesus' disciples who prayed, and it didn't work. The boy was not healed. And when the disciples asked why they could not drive the demon out of the boy, Jesus simply said, because of your unbelief. You see, effective prayer is wrapped in faith. Prayer that gets results is wrapped in faith. I want to show you what Jesus said to them. Matthew 17, 20, he replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And I love this because Jesus is saying here, listen, effective prayers need to be wrapped in faith, but it doesn't take a lot of faith. A mustard seed of faith will change everything. All right, let's look at the next thing in verse 16. Uh, Effective prayer requires confession. Effective prayer requires confession. Verse 16 says, confess your sin to one another and pray for each other. Now, honestly, as you read that, it's a little odd. Like it kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, We're talking about someone physically ill that needs prayer and James just sort of slips us in. He says, look, make sure you're confessing your sin to each other. How does that have anything to do with the effectiveness of prayer. Well, actually, it's really important. Confession is actually a form of prayer. 
And not only is it just a form of prayer, but this form of prayer is so vital, it literally impacts the effectiveness of all your other prayers. It impacts the effectiveness of all the other prayers that you pray. Confession to another in the body of Christ is essentially because sin isolates us. Sin wants to keep us all by ourselves because then sin can lie to us more. Sin can keep us in the corner. Sin can keep us captive and put us in a position where we perpetuate the sin as long as nobody knows. Then we'll feel guilty about it. Then we'll feel ashamed about it. Then we'll do it again. Then we'll feel guilty about it, right? Keeps us in the corner. Keeps us in the dark. But confession supernaturally breaks the power of sin. You might want to write that one down. Confession supernaturally breaks the power of sin, If we could see in the spiritual world, that's what would be happening when we confess our sins. I love this in James 5. It says we don't need to confess to a mediator. We don't need to confess to a pastor or to a priest. James 5 says we can confess our sins to one another. And we need to sit with each other. And as honestly as we know how, express the sin in our life, asking for prayer to help us get right before God. And you know what's amazing to me is this takes so much humility. This takes so much... um, Uh, not exalting self, that it puts us in a position that contributes to the effectiveness of our prayer. If we're so humble before the Lord and before each other, we'll be able to hear God's voice clearer, and then we'll be able to pray more effectively because our hearts are right before God. So confession makes our hearts right before God. It's important to remember, another person cannot forgive you of your sin. Okay, only Jesus can do that. So confession to someone is really important, but that doesn't forgive you of your sin. That just gives you accountable to get your heart right. Confession has to be to Jesus. So we have to do both things to each other and privately to Jesus. And did you know the most common denominator to every notable spiritual awakening in history wasn't worship. It wasn't even prayer. The most common denominator of every spiritual awakening in history has been confession of sin. Real, deep, genuine confession of sin. That has lit the fire of all the revivals in the past 250 years. So here's my question for you about that prayer request that you don't feel like God is hearing. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want your breakthrough? How bad do you want revival in your own life and all around you? Because confession is a huge part of that equation. And so if that's not part of your prayer life, if that's not part of what you're doing, you need to put that in there and that makes prayers effective. All right, let's go thirdly from this passage in verse 16. Effective prayer is connected to a righteous life. Effective prayer is connected to a righteous life. So the righteous person in this passage is any believer who sets his heart to obey Jesus as he walks, as he seeks to walk in godly character. Let me tell you, a righteous person is not a perfect person. That's not what this is saying. A righteous person does not earn answers to prayer because he follows the rules. Let me say that again. A righteous person does not earn answers to prayer because he follows the rules. That's religion. Jesus was very much against religion. Just because we're good and right and God likes us more does not mean he answers our prayers versus someone else. That's not how it works. A righteous person seeks God, desires to please him, and does his best to honor God with every part of his life. And I love this because James is balancing a wrong idea that prayer somehow doesn't have to be coupled with a righteous life. I love it. It's almost like in modern words, it's like saying, 
God isn't a genie in a bottle where we all just get three wishes and then they're just, you know, used up when we do it. Mike Bickle is the pastor of the International House of Prayer. Uh, he's an extreme expert on prayer. He probably prays more than he sleeps. Okay, this man knows so much about prayer. He studied it. But like James, he says this, prayer is no substitute for obedience. Prayer is no substitute for obedience. So what Mike Bickle is saying is some people falsely think that if they fast and pray more, then they can walk in a little immorality or be dishonest in their finances or slander people who don't treat them the way that they want. But being extra zealous in the spiritual disciplines do not balance out areas of persistent compromise. Okay, that's what this is saying. The prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective because it's not just about the spiritual disciplines. It's about your life aligning with the heart of God. In fact, in 1 Peter 3, 7, it says that if husbands don't treat their wives with respect, their prayers will be hindered. And that's just aligning with this scripture. It's saying, look, prayer is going to be boring and more difficult if we live one part of our lives as if we belong to God and another part of our lives as if it belonged to us. <laughs> our lifestyle, our relationship uh, allows us to enjoy prayer and walking in obedience, living a righteous life. It's not about seeking to earn the answers to prayer. It's about living in agreement with God. Agreement with God makes our prayers effective. Does that make sense? Not what you do. It's not your works. But when you live a righteous life, you can understand what God wants and you can pray that way. And then God answers those prayers. So it's agreement with God that makes your prayers work. All right, we're almost done. <clears throat> I'm going to ask Pastor Quinn to come up for this last one uh, to give you a visual. But effective prayer is earnest. Effective prayer is earnest. James pivots quickly and gives us a real life example of someone who can model prayer after. And he says in James 5.17 that Elijah was a human being, even as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Let me start by telling you that when I told Pastor Quint, this is the illustration he wanted, he said, I'm the only one who lights things on fire in this building. <laughs> so I let him come up here with it. So anyway, this Greek word earnestly actually means he prayed with prayer. Isn't that funny? Like that's what it actually means. He prayed with prayer. And what it means is persistence in prayer. So this is what Elijah did. He refused to be denied answers to a prayer that was in agreement with God's will. And he earnestly and persistently came to God with a request until he saw that request happen. And so in my mind's eye, this is what the Lord showed me. It was like a boiling prayer. So Elijah took his prayer that he knew was the heart of God and he put it over the fire of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> And he brought it there and he prayed it and he prayed it and he prayed it. He prayed with perseverance like Ephesians 6.18 says. And he labored fervently in prayer like Colossians 4.12 says. And he came to the Lord. And as he did that, his prayers began to boil over. His prayers began to, to, to change things, to shake things. In fact, his prayers were so boiling, they were so um, passionate, they were so intense that the very thing that he asked for happened. The, it did not rain in the land. Boiling prayers don't have to be loud. In fact, boiling prayers don't depend on even how you feel. Our prayers can be effective even when we're discouraged or not in a good mood because we pray to a God who is in a good mood all the time. 
and isn't discouraged. And so as we pray, and it heats up because we put them on the fire of the Holy Spirit to do not what we can do, but only what God can do. He can do something incredible. Boiling prayers like the one Elijah prayed in James 5, 17, do something. Jeremiah 29, 13 tells us this. It says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Just give God some thanks this morning for these boiling prayers. All right, so here's how we're going to end today. Um, I'd love for you to grab your journal, or if you don't, didn't get one on the way in, a piece of paper or your phone, and we're just going to actually activate um, some of this prayer journaling this morning so that we can uh, go into the week knowing that we know how to do it, and we're going to take some time to utilize that prayer journal, and so um, whatever it is, you got to just turn your full attention to God right now, and let's just end the service for these last five minutes. I'm going to teach you um, an acronym that I pray. It spells the word trust. It's five practical phrases to use when you are praying and interacting with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if you would just take whatever you're writing on and write the word trust vertically down the the side of it, because I'm going to tell you what each of those letters stand for. And you can pray this prayer um, when you're sitting with your prayer journal. You can pray it when you're walking through Wegmans. You can pray it when you're driving to work. It's an acronym that I want you to know so that it can kind of guide your prayers as you go through the week. So let me start with T. The first T is thank you. Thank you. So you start by just recognizing the Holy Spirit's presence simply by thanking him. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you that you're with me. Thank you that you're in this room. Thank you that you're so close to me. So just do that right now. You can write it out. You can say it silently or just out loud at your seat. Just take a minute and thank the Holy Spirit for being with you. is release revelation. Release revelation. Just ask the Holy Spirit to release revelation to you. Ask God to show you his heart. Ask him to reveal something from his word to you. Ask Holy Spirit to release an abundance of revelation to you. So often um, you can walk into a place and just silently in your mind, you can just say, just release revelation to me. Show me what's going on in here. There are things I can see. There are things I can't see. God, show me what it is. What's going on in the hearts of the people? What's going on in my own heart? Release revelation. Tell the Holy Spirit, you're open. You're available. You want to hear his voice. So go ahead and just do that now for a moment. You can, again, write it, speak it at your seat or silently. Release revelation.
use me. Ask the Holy Spirit to use you more and more in spiritual gifts to minister to others. Ask God to show you where and who to serve. Ask him to highlight hurting people and spiritually lost people and pray for all the gifts he has for you. Maybe gifts you never thought you would have, but God has them for you. So just pray, Lord, use me, use me. I, don't, I want my life to count. I want my days to count. So go ahead and pray that now. is strengthen me. You can ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen your mind, strengthen your will, to live a righteous life before God, to strengthen you with love and peace and patience and self-control. Ephesians 3.16 says, ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen your inner man. So go ahead and ask the Lord for strength. the last T is teach me. Teach me. So it's thank you, release revelation, use me, strengthen me, and teach me. Ask the Spirit to teach you about God's will and God's ways. Give the Lord leadership in every area in your life. Finances, schedule, emotions, circumstances, relationships, whatever it is, ask Jesus to establish his order in your home, in your job, in your ministry. Holy Spirit, teach us. in your prayer time, you can do the same thing. Just write the word trust down the side and pray those things. You could do it while you're walking into work or any time, but it just gives you a model to be able to pray through and ask the Holy Spirit to be with you. So let me pray to close us out today. Father God, we don't just spell the word trust, but we trust you. Jesus, we trust you. We thank you for your presence and that you're so close to us. God, release your revelation in our life use us every day. Strengthen us and teach us how to live rightly before you. You are kind and good and strong and we love you. And it's in your amazing name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, fill up those prayer journals this week. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next Sunday as we continue our series on prayer that works. Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. Please give us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts and share it with your friends. 
You can follow Erie First on Facebook or Instagram or visit eriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.